Round one, fight. You have been chosen to defend the realm of Earth in a tournament called Mortal Kombat. Welcome to another episode of the Does It Hold Up podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And today we are traveling all the way back to 1995, August 18th. That's the day this movie came out. Good old summer blockbuster. (laughs) It absolutely was a summer summer blockbuster. That's the best part about it. This movie was huge when it came out. And of course, the movie we're talking about is the first good question mark movie based on a video game. And that's 1995's Mortal Kombat. Combat. Normally, this is where I'll like ask you about your experience with the movie, but you had never seen this movie before. Now, no, never. Embarrassing for you. Well, this was one of those. I'm I'm not a big gore person, and I knew the video game to be horrendously gory. So I was always away from this movie, being like, "Nah, it's just gonna be like crazy." PG thirteen. They can't get away with the gore. <laughs> but instead of talking about the movie. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the video game okay. that this is based on. Have you played Mortal Kombat at all? Any of them? There's like, I think, 13 now. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've played it. I've never actually played the um, main quest thing that you do. I've only ever played it with friends as just a generic fighter game. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I was missing out a, a little bit. You were 100% missing out. Uh, I owned the very first Mortal Kombat. On the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, probably the best system that has ever existed. My sisters and I, we would play it, we would fight each other, but then I would always play, you know, the towers. You got to climb the tower and all that. And it was awesome. It was like the coolest game ever. You had to learn all the buttons. This was like something different. Like when you went to the arcade, you could just button mash because you didn't have enough quarters to like figure stuff out, right? Yeah. We, we didn't have money growing up. We, we didn't just go, hey, I'm going to go spend uh, $20 at the arcade playing Mortal Kombat for 17 hours to learn buttons. No, we didn't do that. So this was the first time you got to like actually learn them. And there was no internet. So you couldn't like look it up. You couldn't like go online and be like, hey, how do I do Johnny Cage's finisher? No, you had to just figure it out. You had to just push <laughs> buttons until something happened. You didn't get the magazine that inevitably came out saying what they were? Did you not? We didn't have money. I was lucky to have the game. Yeah, that's when you just stand around at some shop just looking go, at it. <laughs> just go to GameStop and just read through it and write it on a piece of paper. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. Um, you just kind of had to figure it out. My favorite fatality was always knocking them into the acid pit and then watching their little skeleton float away. <laughs> it was like the coolest finisher. I was just like, it's not even like a, a, a special finisher for anybody in particular. Like any character could do it in, yeah. the pit, in the acid pit stage. Like you're on this little like walkway and behind you is like on the ground, green ooze stuff. <laughs> and like, you're just fighting and then you could uppercut them at the end and send them into the acid and then they would burn. And then you would watch their skeleton just float away. It was the coolest thing. I could not tell you what my favorite finisher is simply because I am that person who just button smashes, Ugh. but I'm not like the person who will hit like, one button over and over and over again i would randomize my buttons so i could do some cool moves but i had no idea what made that move actually happen so if i got a fatality it was an extreme praise thing because i never knew how to do any of them i didn't have the patience to find any of them i was just like i'm not even i played this game when the internet was a thing and when you could just look them up and i'm like i don't have the patience to try and do this over and over again so no (laughs) oh I did. I did have a lot of friends who were 
really into doing the fatalities and trying to get every single one of them. So I did get to see a whole bunch of them, but I never did them myself. Oh, oh you should have. They're so much fun. And then like the newer games, they made it so easy. It used to be like a six button, like back, back, forward, up, down, B, A, you know, and then like <laughs> you do a finisher. Now it's like two buttons because they try to make it accessible for people, which I kind of enjoy because sometimes... Yeah. I just want to hit the, I just want to see what the fatality looks like. I don't, I don't really care. I was going to say, I think that's the only time I've ever been able to hit a fatality when it was like, just bolt the triggers at one yeah, time. Easy yeah. stuff. Um, my favorite always, always was Scorpion. Yeah. Like, if I'm playing, just give me Scorpion. I just want to be like, get over here and just like pull them close <laughs> and then just uppercut. That was like my move. That was my go. I think when this game came out, I was like five, maybe. So, like, I didn't really, like, know how to do a whole bunch of stuff. But, yeah. like, so my game plan was always just get over here and then just uppercut them. Get <laughs> over here, uppercut them. And if I was playing a Sub-Zero, it was freeze them, uppercut them. I, I loved the uppercut because they'd always, like, toss them super way into the air. And then, like, you could just kick them a whole bunch. It was great. Um, anyway, okay. Sounds like you were a cheater when you were younger. I was not. A, I was five. Leave me alone. <laughs> five. Okay. So... That's that's the video games. One of my favorite video games of all time. I've played pretty much every single one since. I think they got a little too convoluted, a little too weird, added to way too many characters. But the originals, absolute classics. Let's get into the actual movie itself now. Yes. But we had to talk about the video games because this is based entirely on a video game. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know the video game, the movie's going to be lost on you. For the, For most, the most part, part, yeah. It's still a cool story. You can still obviously understand what's happening, but you're not going to get the little references. So this movie is... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain this movie. It is about a group of warriors, Sonya Blade, Johnny Cage, and Luke Hang, who are recruited to participate in a tournament called Mortal Kombat. And if they lose, the Outworld will come and take over Earth, basically. Talk about pressure. Yeah, but they don't <laughs> even really know that. They're just going to like show off. The so Johnny Cage is going because he wants to prove he's a good martial artist. Yeah. Because he's an actor who's been in some really bad movies and everybody's like, oh, he's fake. He can't actually fight. So yeah. he wants to go prove himself. Sonya, her part, she's a cop and her partner was killed by a man named Kano who's going to be in the tournament. So she follows him there so she can get her revenge. And then Liu Kang is the only one who actually understands what the tournament is. Yeah. But he's not even going to win the tournament. He's going because the bad guy, Shang Tsung, killed his brother. Uh Talk about a villain who's uh, pissing off all the wrong people. Right? Like, nobody's going for, like, the actual, we need to save Earth. No, they're all going for their own personal thing. Oh, yeah. And it's funny. But they are all gathered together, kind of, and overseen by Raiden, who is, like, the lightning god. Freaking awesome. The lightning god of humor. The lightning god of humor. Yes, he's so funny. <laughs> uh, and then they have to go fight a bunch of people, including Shang Tsung, who's the bad guy. I want to talk about the actors and stuff first, because... I think this movie did a really good job of casting. Really good job. So that's a premise of the movie. And then there's just a bunch of fighting that happens. And Roger Ebert may not always be the biggest fan of fighty fighty movies. Mm -hmm. So what did he say about this one in particular? So he didn't review this one for his site, but it did. They did cover it on Siskel and Ebert at the movies. Mm. One he, of my favorite shows. He actually didn't get to talk a lot about it. Uh, Siskel was like, really on for this movie he he enjoyed this movie a lot but he at one point asked uh ebert to admit that he liked it better than he thought and ebert's quote was well since i thought i was going to have a very bad time it would be almost true no matter what i thought 
He didn't care for it that much. He thought it was too dark, uh, actually too dark. And he, all he could think about was all the kids coming out of it thinking it should have been more violent because the video game is more violent. So he, he didn't have much to say about it. All right. Well, okay. We don't have a rating from him. Uh, interesting. What about our current ratings? Yeah. What do those sit at? The Rotten Tomato Critics score has it at a 45% on only 44 reviews. So okay. not a lot of people reviewed that one, yep. but a lot of audience did. <laughs> and they actually have it at a 57%. Okay. Still rotten, but not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be just tanked. I thought it was like going to be a 10. I actually so... had that thing. I was like, it's going to be in like that 10 range. Yeah. It's not bad. I no. like that. Good job, audience, this time. You kind of got it right. Kind of. Kind of. So it's funny. Ebert didn't even bother reviewing it for his website. Yeah. They covered it in like a quick two minute segment on at the movies. I don't remember if they gave it two thumbs up. I know Cisco gave it a thumbs up. I don't think Roger Ebert did. Ebert did not. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think so. Um, but audiences absolutely adored this movie. Okay. <laughs> so here's the box office for this movie back in 1995. The average ticket price was $4.35. It had a budget of $20 million, estimated. Domestically, it brought in $70,433,227. It's pretty good for 95. Yeah. Pretty good. Internationally, it took in another $51.7 for a grand worldwide total of $122.1 million. It's not bad. This is a movie based on a video game that most parents wouldn't even let their kids play because it was too violent. Like there was talk of like Congress over here in the US because we do dumb stuff over here. We're like trying to ban this game because it was just way too violent. And it was going to corrupt the children. Yeah. And then they made a movie about it and the movie made all the money. It's insane. Insane. It was the number 15 movie in 1995 in the box office. It was the 15th ranked movie. Now, adjusted for inflation at $9.17 means this movie would have made, in 2022, $148,474,799. Hmm. That's a good, that's a healthy number. Yeah, for a, healthy a number. video game movie. Absolutely. And adjusted for inflation, where it would rank in 2022, it actually moves up up the ranking hmm. one spot it would land at number 14 in 2022 with roughly 148.5 million it would have fallen just below uncharted by one hundred thousand dollars only uncharted made 148.6 million mm. but it would have passed up and pushed this one down to number 15 nope jordan peele's nope which only made 123.3 million wow yeah so it's just, that's funny. So we know exactly where Mortal Kombat lands. No matter what year, it's number 15. <laughs> that's it. Just, just around that Just time. knocks it yep. out. That's awesome. So the audiences went to see it. Yeah. It made money. It, it performed pretty well for something no one had any hope for. Yeah. A video game that was in the news about being banned. And then they made a PG-13 version, which I'm sure pissed off a lot of like the older fans of the game at the time. No doubt. But they still saw it. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Did you end up seeing it when it came out? Or did uh, you see, wait? In, in 1995, I was nine. So I did not. Mm. Uh, I ended up 
watching it home video probably 1997 when the second movie came out mortal kombat annihilation 1997 i think i watched that one first or like knew that one was coming out so i, I begged my mom to let me see the first one mm. and then i finally got to see it so it was like two years past when it came out but at that point i was 11 cool 10 or 11 something like that like let's watch it let's go yeah so no i didn't get to see this one in theaters disappointing yeah lame all right so before we get into the movie itself i do want to talk about the cast in this one because okay. i think they're a big part of this movie when you're basing it off of characters that exist yeah you, know, you can't just be like hey you know what uh Liu kang is now a 65 year old white man from alabama fans would go absolutely insane oh yeah so you had to like nail the look of these characters. And even though it was like 8-bit pixelated crap over on the Nintendo system, who cares? We could still understand what they looked like. Mm -hmm. So let's go through this. So first up, we have Christopher Lambert as Lord Raiden, yeah. the lightning god. He's so good. I love the fact that they gave him a synthesizer voice. Yeah. Like it just added to that otherworldly feel of him. Although I never pictured Raiden as being more of like a white dude so this was a little confusing for me but i guess he kind of is yeah like in the early video games you can't really tell yeah like they didn't make it very clear what he was because almost his entire face is covered either by like shadow from his big hat or the yeah. fact that he has lightning eyes and they kind of protrude out so it covers his face a little more yeah so you didn't really know and christopher lambert like he's great he was in like highlander and stuff like he was a big name at the time he was yeah. the most expensive actor on the entire movie <laughs> like most of the budget probably went to him yeah so you need that you need that name recognition and yeah i think he he crushed it as raiden like you said they made him funny yeah which i didn't know i wanted but i couldn't get enough of it <laughs> next up we have lyndon ashby as johnny cage Mwah chef kiss right there he was he was the perfect johnny cage like he came across as that wannabe a-list actor who just wasn't quite there but in his own mind he was the bee's knees as they say <laughs> he managed to get everything to land like his character is rather ridiculous yeah and he just made it work and it was so almost genuine yeah that i loved it this is the part where you fall down <laughs> he says it so seriously and it it works so well um next up we have bridget wilson sampras as sonia blade probably the weakest part of the movie for me when it comes to the main characters definitely she was very one note didn't really have depth to her she either overacted or underacted bits it was just uh, I don't know what she was doing, but she wasn't in the same movie as everyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody else kind of understood like it's serious, but also it's a video game. Yeah. And she was like, I'm going to win an Oscar for this movie. And it's like, no. But like, no, you're not. <laughs> you acted so terribly. You would never even be nominated. Yeah, even it if was... this was that kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. It, she was doing something real weird. Um, next up, we have Robin Shaw as Liu Kang. I'm hoping I'm saying his name right. S-H-O-U. So I'm going to go with Shao or it could be Shu. I am terrible at pronouncing things. Yeah. So don't don't it's ask me about pronouncing. Um, he played Liu Kang. So wonderful. Like, he looks like the video game character. He has the most glorious hair oh my God, I've ever yes. seen. I'm growing my hair long right now just so I can then try to like 
work it out to make it look like his. I don't even think it's possible. I think he's a god just because of that. Like, it's a, it's come a wig. on now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wig. Nobody can do that with their hair. Uh, no, he's great. Uh, here's some side characters to run through before we get to the big bad. We have Trevor Goddard as Kano. Meh. Ugh, wrong. Meh. Wrong. He's fantastic. Maybe because we didn't get enough of him in the movie. But Absolutely. Like... It's one of my biggest problems with this movie is I needed more Kano because he's so damn good. Love him. Um, here's a fun fact about it. Okay. So that Kano is not at all like that in the video games. No? No. He's just straightforward, serious, doesn't have an accent, like, you know. But he blew away the audition, so they hired him. And people were like, but Kano's nothing like that. The creators of Mortal Kombat, the, the two guys who created the game, in follow-up games, retconned Kano's entire backstory to fit what Trevor Goddard did as Kano in this movie. Because <laughs> they absolutely loved his performance so much. But the funny part is, they got it all wrong. So in this movie, he sounds like he's Australian. Yeah. No, he's actually just Cockney British. Oh. So it's very close. But in the video games, because they loved it and they thought he was Australian, they gave Kano an Australian background. And Goddard, for the rest of his life, was like, yeah, I'm going to run with it. And just convinced people he was from Australia. <laughs> and it wasn't until like very late in his life before he passed away that, not, not even late because he passed away somewhat early, uh, that people found out, no, he's south british like he's cockney what i was gonna say i think it also made them think it was australian because of the way he was dressed maybe like he had that prototypical australian like look. he's in i'm in the outback yeah i'm hunting for dingoes yeah. yeah it was i do not uh fault them for thinking he was australian because i definitely thought he well, was he, australian he also just told people he was australian so it, he played into it really <laughs> well um but that's how good he was. So the fact that you don't like him is crazy because he was so good. They changed the video games to match him. I don't know. I Once again, it could be that he wasn't in enough of it or like, I just, I didn't care Ugh, for him as much. That's fair. Um, then we have Talissa Soto as Katana. Yeah. Whatever. She exists. She is very pretty. She is very and pretty. That's about it. <laughs> Um, I think that's how she got the role because she can't act. Yeah. Her character was boring as hell. Yep. Uh, she looked good in tight clothing. There you go. And she can't fight for crap. Yeah. It looked real bad. Yeah. Real bad. Uh, and then the last one I want to talk about is Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, who is Shang Tsung, the ultimate bad guy. So good. Dude. So good. He MVP is so menacing. MVP of the movie. Is he, is he the best part of this movie? Is he, is he the best actor in this movie? The best, the one that nails his character the most? I don't know. Ooh. I I really like Johnny Cage in this one. I like so Kang. Yes. Uh, I thought he was fantastically done. Like, they are almost a three-way tie for me. Okay. On just, they are so perfect. Exactly how I pictured them to be if they were live yeah. action. Shang Tsung in the video games was actually much, much older. But this guy was just so good that they were like, just hire him. We don't care. We don't I mean, care that he's you, younger. You eat souls, so there's the potential to be older, but like, yeah. it's rejuvenating. And the video games went and changed him to younger as time went on anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Again, they retconned the game based on this movie. All right. Great cast, though. Oh, yeah. Surprisingly good. Yeah. Other than Bridget Wilson Sampras, like, throw her out. <laughs> Get somebody else. 
there were some other names thrown around, like some bigger names, like uh, Christina Applegate. Sure. You have no idea who that is? <laughs> no. She was uh, Kelly on Married with Children. She was in Don't Tell Mom My Baby. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. She was no. in the new movie Bad Moms. I know you saw that. I did, but I could not place which one is her. She's the blonde that runs the PTA that oh. Keila, okay. uh, Mila Kunis goes up against. Okay. She was like in the running. Uh, in fact, Bridget couldn't do the movie at first. She was, they delayed production. So she went and did Billy Madison with Adam Sandler and she wasn't sure she was going to be free. So they actually went and got a young Cameron Diaz who was coming off the mask mm. to take the role. And she agreed. Ended up breaking her wrist during uh, pre-production when she was like training and all that yeah. stuff. So she couldn't do it. Ugh. And then by the time they figured that all out, Bridget was available. Happy Billy Madison was done. So she came and took the role back. Ugh. I would love to see it with Cameron Diaz. Yeah. She goes on to be like the biggest actress in the world in the late 90s, early yeah. 2000s. Her in this movie, I don't know if it would have been a... a black mark on her record or if it would have been like people absolutely freaking loved it yeah but i would absolutely want to see it let's talk about the movie yes first thing i want to mention okay the soundtrack yes i i actually put it as the like bumping opening credits because that song was on everyone's like gym workout mix for years still that, is that was like if you want to get pumped up you play this song and you are golden when i got into my 20s and i went to a couple clubs they would still drop this song <laughs> and the place would go absolutely bananas and we're talking like i didn't go to clubs when i was like 20 i went when i was like 23 22 so sure. we're talking about like 2008 it's 13 years later clubs are still bumping this song and people are losing their minds to it i mean it's 2023 and i lost my mind to it just listening to it the several times it's played oh yeah I just don't movie? go to clubs anymore, but I'm pretty sure they still play it. Uh, maybe. I think, yeah. I, okay, if they don't play it, if they drop it, the whole place would erupt. Potentially. I don't know if it's the same phenom as it would be for our generation as for younger generations. Well, they're dumb. I mean, true. Shut up, younger generation. Know your place. <laughs> Love this music. No, it's a great, like, soundtrack beginning to end is just awesome. The actual Mortal Kombat theme that just recurs a whole bunch throughout this movie just always gives you that sense of like, hell yeah, here we go. Yep. Something's coming. Time to get pumped. Yep. Absolutely love it. It's actually the uh, first soundtrack that was entirely consistent of EDM. Hmm. Um, they had to go to some like really remote record producing company <laughs> because none of the big ones like Sony or TriStar, like any of those big ones wanted to do it. Because they wanted to use people like Janet Jackson and people who were like famous at the time. Like they yeah. wanted to use big names. And uh, filmmakers were like, no, like this has got to be dance music. Like it's all all electronic dance music, period. Well, yeah, it's it's got to be high energy, high yep. action. So they went to like some rinky dink place that had put them on the map for making this. Because this album ended up going platinum, <laughs> um, which is just absolutely insane. It took a year to get there, but that's because... People were discovering it for a year. Yeah. Got to platinum. It's the first ever EDM album yeah. to go platinum. Not a movie soundtrack, not a whatever, just EDM in general. It's the <laughs> first one to ever go platinum. That's how big this music was. Probably started a whole movement there. Yeah. It's movies like this that gave us like Moby. Ugh. <laughs> or Beck. 
Ugh, idiots. I hate their music. <laughs> Sorry. Sidetrack. Um, yeah, just the music gets me every time. Um, I also think the opening to this movie is absolutely fantastic, mm-hmm. where we see Liu Kang's brother get killed by Shang Tsung. It immediately sets your expectations. Yeah. You know what this movie is all about. The sky is terrible CGI. Oh, terrible. But the temples that are standing next to look amazing. Yeah. It's interesting little like quick little combat thing. And then he grabs him and he's like, your soul is mine. And then he's like, you're next. And Liu Kang wakes up in a cold sweat. And you're like, damn, I'm in. So yeah, just a great opening. Let mm. me know exactly what to expect. What do you think? I really enjoyed that opening, but I actually completely forgot that opening existed because my brain went right to Johnny's opening dude you missed like was johnny's so that was Liu kang's opening yeah because i actually have the note too of like everyone's intro is fantastic yeah and gives you direct insight to their characters for the rest of the movie yeah and i know it's Liu kang's first yep is johnny's second yeah and then it's sonya mm-hmm. okay yeah johnny's is awesome oh i absolutely love the fact of like it being a reveal that johnny's in a movie like it's all super cinematic like they're fighting like realistically and then he has his line of, this is the part where you fall down, and it's revealed that he's on a movie set. And I'm like, ah, that's so good. It, it, it feels like a cutscene from one of the games. Yes. Like, yes. 100%. <laughs> um, I love the the extra, the stuntman that he tells you should fall down. His, like, shocked face, and then he just throws himself backwards. Yep. It's so good. So good. Then we get Sonya. Oh. Quick side note about Johnny's introduction. He goes and talks to the director of the movie yeah. being like, I can't, where'd you get these guys? I can't work with these guys. This is terrible, blah, blah, blah. And the director looks like Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Because it's 100% modeled off Spielberg, who was supposed to cameo in this movie oh. as the director, because apparently Steven Spielberg is a massive fan of the Mortal Kombat games. Why hasn't he made one yet? Not uh, the game, because the movie. he would never get him an Oscar, and that's what he's chasing. Ugh. But he's apparently a massive fan, so he was asked and completely committed to it. But then other obligations, his schedule didn't open up, so he he laughed hysterically when he found out that they parodied him <laughs> as a director, and that's just amazing. Your Oscar-winning director, Steven Spielberg, and you're laughing at this weird video game movie that's, because you think it's just stellar. That's basically just calling you a wimp, being like, oh, if you leave, I'll be ruined. Yeah. I'll go back to directing traffic. (laughs) What a great line. (laughs) Um, And then we get Sonya's opening and she is hunting down Kano through a nightclub. So we get some more good dance music here. And she's just like beating people with her gun. Like she's just walking through the crowd, just, just hitting them with the butt of her gun. I'm like, you know how much damage you are causing to these people? You're knocking people out left and right. Yeah, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Like, you're a law enforcement official. Like, you should be more restrained than that. You should probably have been pulled off the, this case. Feels or, a little personal. Yeah, a little too much. Like, no. Yeah. Or she's completely outside the law at this point and is just hunting him down. That's not something we want to show for our law enforcement officials. No, I'm cool with it. <laughs> um. So she's hunting him down. She thinks she's going to get a hold of him, but he gets away. And at the same time, we're getting introduced to these people. We also get introduced to Shang Tsung, the mm-hmm. bad guy. Because when Johnny's done yelling at his director, he sees an old man sitting like in his chair on set. And it's like a friend of his, I guess. Somebody I he's agent. known for a really long time. Is it his agent? I thought it was his agent, but I could I don't be remember if he says who it is. He just, the way they interact, you know they know each other. Yeah. 
and the old man's like, hey, you want to prove you're a real fighter? Check out this tournament that's going to happen. He ends up like this old ass scroll. And in my head, I'm like, <laughs> why are you not questioning why it's on a scroll? That part, I don't really mind so much because he's like, yeah, it's in Hong Kong and stuff like that. My question would be like, why didn't you just call me write this stuff down like in normal ways so I can actually read it? Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. Why is it? he never questions that it's on an ancient scroll? Yeah, nobody uses scrolls anymore. Yeah, no, but if this is like this crazy tournament thing, like that could have a real aesthetic to go for. You yeah, know. <laughs> weird. But then the old man walks away after Johnny's convinced to join this tournament and it morphs. He morphs into Shang Tsung. And it's a really cool effect, I think. It's done pretty well. What do you mean? It's You like it or you don't like it? Both. <laughs> no, you can't have both. Because the actual effect is really cool, but the little sparklies they do around him to like cover the edit is just like, eh. <laughs> no, you're wrong. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. It, it's actually really cool because normally when you do like a shape-shifting thing, you see them like head-to-toe shape-shift or you see their fe features more. For yeah. No, this one, like, it's almost like he's wearing a suit that then burns away as he's walking because it's just like this trail of of sparkly fire stuff comes off of him as he morphs. Yeah. And I was like, that's so cool. Blew my mind the first time I ever watched the movie. I was like, damn, that's so cool. It was him all <laughs> along. Um, and then Shang Tsung is also at the nightclub where Sonya is telling Kano, who she's hunting, hey, get on this boat, come to the tournament. I guarantee you'll get your hands on her because she'll follow you wherever you go. So like, he's a little manipulative mastermind here. I honestly thought Kano was working for him. And the whole reason he attacked, like, killed her uh, partner was to get her on this, in this tournament. Maybe. Could have uh, done it in probably other ways. Didn't have to go there, but maybe. I mean, it was a way to make sure she was going to get there, but I don't know. That's the feel I got from it. I could be totally mistaken. Yeah. Then we jump back to Liu Kang after we get to introduce everybody. And he's at the temple where his brother was killed by Shang Tsung. Yeah. And he's yelling at all the monks that he used to be a part of about like, how'd you let my brother die? And they're like, because your brother was preparing for the Mortal Kombat tournament. And Luke Hang's like, I don't believe in that tournament. How do you guys ever believe in this bullshit? Blah, blah, blah. And then it cuts to him standing in front of all the monks saying, I'm going to be the representative in the tournament. Dude, you just were saying how you don't believe the tournament is real. What happened? Uh, he was told that the guy who killed his brother was going to be there. Yeah, but come on. You don't think the tournament's real? But well, then all he of a might sudden... not think that the tournament is real in the aspect of it will decide Earth's fate. Yeah, I don't know. But he might think the actual, like, fighting tournament is real. And then Raiden shows up. Yeah. Just because he can, because it's Christopher Lambert. Just and, do whatever you want. And the, these are the people that actually know he exists. Yeah, they, like, worship him, and they're like, oh, like, oh, Lord Raiden, and, and they all bow to him. Yeah. Except for Liu Kang, who's like, I will kill you because you let my brother die. So he, like, runs at him, and Raiden just one-handed flips him. Yep. <laughs> it's so good. But, like, not in a way that I expected of, like, overly showing that this is some powerful being. Because that's the same flip that tons of martial art movies do. It's like one of the first flips you ever learn. It's like, if an attacker's coming at you, you sidestep, you use their momentum, and you flip them. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, ah, you could have done something a little bit more there. But he shows off the lightning eyes, and then it's like, oh, okay, so you are a super being. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and Liu Kang kind of backs down at that moment. He's like, ooh. Oh, you are real. real. <laughs> hmm. Then we get to the dock and they're all going to get on this uh, old dragon ship to go to this thing. And nobody questions it. Yeah. Nobody looks um, at it and is like, what the hell is this? 
on a visibly noticeable set. So you, you can definitely tell that's like a t- <laughs> Listen, you watch your mouth over there. Because my next note is I absolutely love all of the set design here. It is gorgeous. It is so cool. It is real locations. It's not just, hey, stand in front of a green screen and we're going to put some stuff there. Yeah. Like they built stuff. They allowed that, that stuff to exist. Well, maybe they needed to make a better matte painting for the background. Maybe you need to watch your mouth when it's 1995. Hey, I'm looking at it through the scope of 2023. But you, uh, you say that every time, but you have to take both into consideration. You mm-hmm. have to take into consideration it's 1995 and what's it like in 2023. But you always go just to the 2023 one. So I have to fight you on it. Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> fight. <laughs> Let them fight. Oh, wait, that's the wrong movie. Uh, it's Godzilla. Uh, so, yeah, they get on the boat and they go. And here's where the story actually picks up. And we get into Mortal Kombat. Because they get to the island and now they just have to fight. Well, they get the gist of the fact that this is fighting for the world on the ship. Because they meet Sub-Zero and... Scorpion. Scorpion. And they see their, like, crazy powers. And they're like, oh my god. Oh, this is actually real. This other world is trying to take us over. Okay. But this is one of the things that kind of makes me chuckle a little bit. It's like, okay, I don't, I, I've never obviously been in those kind of shoes. I've never seen someone call ice out of thin air. So I don't know. But they seem to go with this super quickly where it's like, oh, we're, we're just going to go to for a fighting tournament to, oh, we're fighting for the fate of Earth. Well, that's in because, like split second. No, that it's not. I mean, yes, it's a split second. But they also understand because Raiden shows up and Raiden like, comes into this little area of the boat that they're all in and blasts. He turns himself into lightning and, and blasts into both Scorpion and Sub-Zero and then forms in front of them from lightning. And then he's like, oh, hey, yeah, by the way, this tournament actually means something. And they're like, oh, damn, okay, let's go. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, if that happened in front of me, I would totally believe it right then there too. I don't know. Um, so, but then we get another demonstration of Sub-Zero's power, where he is fighting a red shirt. Well, no shirt. Red mask? Yeah. Red mask guy. Red hood. Red hood guy. Deep Batman reference. (laughs) Uh, But he just freezes him. Dude's like going for a flying kick. Oh my gosh. And he freezes him and he just shatters. This is one of my uh, lessons that I learned from this movie. Yeah. Is showing off gets you frozen into a block of ice. (laughs) Adding Because... Adding a new section to the podcast. Lessons learned. Got it. Because he just... And they do this a lot in fighting movies where they just are flipping around and they're just like hitting themselves. And like, huh, and then they get huh, knocked out huh, in like huh, five huh. seconds. Yeah. Because, you know, you have to do the whole warm up before fighting. Oh, it's... But that gives time to power up and go, well, bam. It's the Indi- Indiana Jones effect. Yeah. It's the, I got big sword and Indy just shoots him. Bang. Yeah. That's, it's the Indy effect. <laughs> And it works every time for me. Like every every single time some henchman or some guy's like, let me take three minutes to show you all my cool moves. In my head, I'm always like, you about to get your ass kicked. And it happens. And I'm like, yeah, I love it. Let's talk about the fights. Yes. Because there's a lot of fights. I mean, you would expect there to be a lot of Absolutely. fights. Absolutely. Originally, there wasn't. Another fun Google thing, I guess. Um, the test audiences absolutely loved this movie. They thought it was fantastic. But their one complaint was there wasn't enough fights. So they actually had to go back and do pickup shots after the movie was completely done and edited. They went back and did a bunch of pickups and added in more fight scenes. Yeah. 
What do you think of the fights in this movie? Some are really good. Some are just okay. Looking at you, Katana. <laughs> and Sonya. Um, Her fight is fine with Kano. I know you have a big problem with I it, do. but it's fine. I do. But I appreciate that there's a few of the fights that are really heavily inspired by the video games where there's definitely some shots that look like they came straight from the video games. They're a side angle. They're doing all the exact moves. It just, it gave, it gave me the feels for that video game. And I'm just like, oh, I want to go play that now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were all really well done. They were acted well. They were, the, the um, stunts on them were fantastic. I know you absolutely loved the very first fight, which is Liu Kang versus dreaded, like dreadlocked black guy. I wouldn't say with, I like, loved that with, one. I guess, but... bamboo bow staffs. I'm not real sure. <laughs> it, it made me chuckle. You loved him. More... The guy Liu Kang is fighting. You loved him because of all his. Oh yeah. my God. The face he makes. If I could show it to you right now, it would be amazing. But it's just like the weirdest face ever. And he makes it the entire fight. And is constantly doing the like. Yeah. When he's not even doing anything. So I'm like. He's literally just walking in a circle like, yeah, I'm going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yes, it, I love it. It made me laugh. So that was on like the more comical side of the fights. But, but the fight was really good too, though. True. So it's not a comical fight. You laugh because he made noises, but it wasn't made to be comical. Yeah. I mean, the action in it is still really yeah. good. Separate. Just because you laughed at it doesn't mean it's comedy. You just thought his noises were funny. But watch like. I don't know if you've ever watched like martial arts tournaments on like ESPN when they're being shown like mm -hmm. the actual like nationals. They make so much noises. They do. But normally and I've taken martial arts, so it's normally supposed to be like an extension of force. You're supposed to be like getting an extra burst of force when you do the noises. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's when I'm expecting those kind of noises. He was just he was powering up. Oh, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't, he know, was I don't know. He was becoming his Super Saiyan self. Yeah. Okay, I get I don't, it. The noises didn't like bother me as much as they bothered you. But yeah. you like couldn't stop laughing every time he made a noise. And I was like, I don't know what's so funny here. I think it was the noise plus the crazy face he was making. I guess. Those together, I, I was just like, oh my God. I love that fight. Once again, a great introduction to the actual tournament. Yeah. Like the very first scene of Shang Tsung killing Liu's brother. Great introduction to the whole movie. Then when we get to the actual tournament, this is a great first fight. Yeah. It's not the best fight of the movie, but it's a great fight. Really sets us up well. And then when Lu wins, Shang Tsung walks up to the other guy and is like, your soul is mine. And like just rips his soul from his body. And you're like, stakes are real. Well, all right. Then. Did not realize this was to the death. No yeah. one told us that. But also like, what? <laughs> So well, yeah, crazy. This leads me to a big problem I had with the movie is it didn't take the time to explain anything. Like you kind of had to know the video game to really enjoy this movie because and I know I had a, a bunch of these questions because I did not play the story mode like you did. There where, was no story in the original ones. Oh, it was, it was just, just a tower. Oh, well, there was I, no I, campaign. There was no, it was just a tower. Just I fighting. did not realize that that was like the main thing of this. I just was like, oh, it's just a fighter game. So they don't explain the tournament at all. They don't explain any rules. Like, there some... are no rules. It's more combat. You fight until you win. But how do you necessarily know who's supposed to be fighting when? Like, I get the first couple, like the bad guy. It's like, you and you go yeah. fight. Yeah. 
But that's then, how they all fight. I don't know. I feel like there were like, some times Sonya and like, Kano fight because Kano wants it and Sonya wants that fight. Liu Kang and the first guy fight because Shang Tsung makes them fight. Goro and Johnny Cage fight because Goro challenges or Johnny Cage challenges Goro. Yeah. Like the fights all make sense. What are you talking about? I don't know. For some I got lost on when I know, you were fighting pro- and where they were fighting and just yeah, you like, had a big problem with the lore yeah. of this movie. Which I think if you watch it again, you'll probably understand a lot better because they do talk about certain aspects of the tournament. The fact that it takes place like every once in a generation, which is about every yeah. 50 years. The Outworld has to win 10 in a row so that they can invade Earth. They've currently won nine in a row. This is the 10th one that we are watching. Yeah. Like, they definitely explain more stuff than you remember. No, I remember all of that. They just don't explain any of the actual tournament rules. The tournament is you fight when you... Listen, in Mortal Kombat, if I walked up to you and punched you in the face, guess what? We're fighting. There's no... (laughs) It's Mortal Kombat. There's no rules. You just fight. I don't know. When you put the word tournament on there, I expect there to be some type of rule. Yeah. Win and survive (laughs) until the end. Fair. That's the rule. So maybe that's more of a personal gripe with Ugh, the movie watch than the movie again. A, a normal person's gripe, but yeah. Fair. Fair. We get introduced to another character early on. So we get a bunch of cool fights. Liu Kang fights Katana because she wants to give him information. Sonya Blade fights Kano in the first round, which just pisses me off. This was terrible. Like probably why I don't like Kano that much. He kind of goes out really easily and it's just like uh well, nobody ever better. said he was a good fighter uh, that's fair but he also makes sonya look terrible because like he goes out pretty easy but he also gives her a run for her money dude she he hits her like twice yeah he punches which, her like, once in the face and her. kicks her once in the stomach like he doesn't he doesn't give her a run for her money she easily beats him okay maybe i just don't like sonya 100 <laughs> percent. because every time she's like eh also she's like half his size so yeah it's gonna take a little more effort to beat him than him to beat her yeah i don't know their fight's fine she ends up killing him which was shocking bad guys or good guys aren't supposed to kill yeah but like she just literally snaps his neck and is like yeah whatever i don't care yeah and everyone like all the other good people were like what are you doing she was like i killed him because i'm a badass (laughs) she doesn't actually say that but and then, so what bothers me the most about the fights is Johnny Cage's first fight. Sure. So Luke Kang gets some some no-name fight. Sonya Blade gets a very personal fight against a guy with a really cool metal eye. His, his eye looked cool as hell. Nah. Oh. Like, the eye part looked fine. And then it came to the connection with his face that just looked wrong. No. Why are you so wrong about this movie? It looked You have never wrong. been more wrong about a movie in this entire year of podcasting. You've never <laughs> been more wrong. Looks awesome. But my problem is Johnny Cage's first fight is against Scorpion, a super-powered nether realm being. Yeah. Why does he get screwed right away? He had the most to prove, I guess. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So I... they start in a forest and they fight and it's like really cool because like right out the gate, Scorpion does his signature move. He shoots the little spear-headed animal thing out of his hand. Yeah. And, like, it follows Johnny around and, like, can get him. Like, cool. Great, great He does his line. Yeah, the get over here. 
And then he pulls it back and he's like, come here. Like, it's so cool. Um, but why does he get that fight? I honestly don't know. I thought this whole tournament was kind of uh, unfair because the bad guys got to know that this was coming and, like, seemed to train for it. No. But they were also, like, super powered, so it's like... Just just Sub-Zero and Scorpion. How? How? Are we supposed to go against that? Like, what? And yet they did, because you gotta always have the hero be the underdog. That's fair. I don't know. It, so it felt really off to me, like, maybe not, because I just... Me why does Johnny get that match? Why is Why does Lou get a super easy first fight? Sonya gets the fight she came for. To but be fair, Cage gets stuck against Scorpion. That might not be have been his first fight. We kind of go through rounds like every the first two fights that we see are in that little like stone circle thing with the everyone sand. cheering. Yeah. yeah, so he could have had a fight there against. But then we go nobody. back to the sand later, so I don't think so. Because when Lou fights know. Katana, it's back in the sand. So I don't think there's any rhyme or reason of like the first round will take place on the sand, the second round will take place somewhere. No, they just fight. I don't know it. I, I don't know why he gets that fight. Maybe to, like, up the ante, be like, okay, we had this guy against a nobody. We had her against... The grudge match. The grudge match. And now we have to up the ante. We've shown these powerful people, but we haven't had them do anything yet. It's fair. So. I don't... It's a it's an excellent fight, though. Oh, yeah. And then... So Johnny Cage gets... He gets to be the one... The first one in the movie who gets to use a superpower for the heroes. Mm -hmm. because as he's fighting Scorpion, he's going to end it with a shadow kick. And that's where he jumps up in the air and like, he like teleports quickly through the <laughs> air and like leaves a shadow behind. And, you know, yeah. and he's going to do that. But Scorpion opens up a portal to hell <laughs> and they fight there. And hell is basically just ladders, fire in the background and, and scaffolding. It's definitely like a dark version of shoots and ladders. Yeah, yeah it's just <laughs> scaffolding. But it's, a, again, a really cool fight. Really great. It's shot really well. There mm -hmm. are some like wide shots where you get to like see the action, but then they get up close and personal. It's not John Wick type of good, but it's not shaky cam Jason Bourne type bad either. And it's also not even MCU levels of like, we have to cut every two seconds yeah. to show action. No. No, they allowed them to actually fight. And it was very interesting to watch. What happens when you have the people in the movie actually know martial arts in some way and can do it all instead of hiring an actor and then always having to put a stuntman in? Yeah. You let the people do what they do. Well, they probably should have given a stunt person to Sonya. Nobody but, cares you know. what you think about Sonya. <laughs> You're wrong. She's not the best part, but man, you are harsh on her. I am. So he fights Scorpion and it's really cool because he gets to his superpower of the, so we already saw Scorpion's superpower. Then we, he gets the shadow kick. Scorpion gets the portal, but then Scorpion also gets the breathing fire, which is his fatality. He rips his mask off, reveals a skull and can breathe fire. And then you're dead. Yeah. And it's awesome. But Cage is smart. They make the hero smart. He doesn't luck into it. He doesn't, he's just smart. He fell into a pile of bones. He saw a shield. So when Scorpion goes to breathe fire, he blocks it with the shield. Yeah. That's a good move. And, and then the shield's the on sh fire. <laughs> well, yeah. And luckily the shield has razor sharp edges like a saw blade. I don't think that matters. I mean, that's what he uses to take sure. down Scorpion. So sure. He could have taken him down in other ways, though. He just got, you know, 
But he finds it, he does it, and then he cuts Scorpion's head off. Well, part of his skull off. Yeah. Scorpion explodes. Johnny Cage wins. And then he does his friendship, which <laughs> is just amazing. So if you guys don't know the video games, they were all about fatalities. They were like the big finisher. When you, when you beat him at the end, the voice would always come up, finish him. And then you hit the button combination and it does a really cool super move yeah. and beats him. Well, in the second game, they introduced friendships, which is like, we're going to do something nice at the end, like give him a teddy bear or something like that. Johnny Cage's is pulling out a picture of himself, signing it and throwing it at them. Yeah, that's their that's his friendship move. So like after he beats Scorpion, it's a pile of goo, burning goo on the ground and his picture, his signed autographed picture falls. What a great moment. That's it's, like a video game moment. It was so good. So good. I was just like, yes. Because I know that finisher too. That's so good. Yeah. Loved it. Then here's here's the great part about this stretch of the movie. It's all fights. Yeah. Because then we go to everybody sitting at... No. Is this the one where all the bad guys start fighting them? Is that the next fight? Mm, well, we've kind of jumped over meeting Goro. Oh, well, I was going to get there. Oh, I was going to say. We, we haven't gotten there yet. We met Goro before Kano's fight. Yeah, I don't care. So. I don't care when we meet him. I'm going to talk about I think that's fight. when they all fight. Yeah. Then Liu Kang has to fight Sub-Zero. Yep. And it's a very quick fight. Much quicker than I expected. Yeah. Especially for it being Sub-Zero and being like one, one of your of the main, main names. Yeah. Yeah. Because all he does is they, they kick each other a couple times and then Sub-Zero powers up and shoots like an ice dome from himself. Mm-hmm. And Liu Kang remembers his fight with Katana, who told him, use the element that brings life. And there's a, it just so happens to be a bucket of water next to him. See, this is the difference of Johnny Cage being smart and Liu Kang being lucky. Because <laughs> Liu Kang flies backwards and hits a bucket of water. And that just some, so happens to be there. Just so happens to be there. Doesn't make sense. The shield makes sense. He's in a world of warriors, of, yeah. of bones, of warriors. But he knocks over this bucket which we see spill, but then there's another bucket full of water. And then he spins it around really fast and throws the entire bucket through this ice shield, somehow pushing the water out, which freezes into a giant spike and pierces Sub-Zero. Yeah. If anything, the bucket would just hit Sub-Zero in the face. <laughs> like, the water's not flying out to turn into a spike. No. This is where it's like, this movie has so much good stuff and so much dumb stuff as well. Yeah. The Johnny Cage thing, brilliant. Makes perfect sense. The Liu Kang thing, they just couldn't think of another way to end this fight. I honestly thought, and I, I misheard uh, Katana's fight, because I thought she said, use the element that brings light, not life. So I thought he was going to get more like fire powers and go fire against ice. Oh, I... You know, if, if she said light, I figured she was just going to electrocute him. <laughs> <laughs> Plug in a lamp and throw it at him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, It's he does have fire powers in the video game, so it would have been cool, but he does get that later. Yeah. So It was just odd that that's what I thought I heard her say, and knowing that he has those kind of fire powers, and then he defeats him by water. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Earlier in the movie, we were introduced to a character named Art, who became friends with Johnny on the boat over... They've talked to him a couple times. He doesn't exist in the video games. 100% yeah. made up for this movie. And he has to fight Goro, who's supposed to be the final boss. Because Shang Tsung even says, like, 
win this tournament, fight through, and you'll get the chance to fight the king of whatever, Goro. Yeah. So it's like, how's Art already fighting him? Did he already beat everybody else? Uh, I think it was just, he... Demonstration? He knows that Goro will go through, or he he believes Goro will go through because he's the past champion. So he just assumes, like, whoever gets to the top will have to face him anyway. So I, I, th- I think that was the thing, but Goro himself still had to go through the tournament. Yeah, it's just, so he fights Art, who has befriended Johnny, and just kills him. Yeah, I was like, Art's only purpose in this movie was to be defeated by Goro. 100%. And I'm really upset by that. I'm not. It's, they didn't spend enough time with him, though, where I'm like, okay, I'm connected to him. I think they spent just enough time that we understood his and Johnny's connection, mm-hmm. that Johnny would get angry at it. Yeah. So he kills, Goro kills Art, and Johnny gets real angry. Then we have a little soft spot moment of Johnny and Sonya talking, because Johnny's been hitting on Sonya this whole time. She wants nothing to do with him, because she's there for one reason and one reason only. But of course, she already did that, so... Yeah, Mm -hmm. so I don't know what her deal is anymore. But they have a great heart-to-heart, where he's, like, clearly upset, and he's going to do something irrational, and she's trying to talk him out of it, and he's just like, she's like, you're boneheaded and blah, 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 and he's like, you forgot handsome. And then he just walks away. And I was like, <laughs> yes, such a Johnny move. Yep. Such a Johnny move. And he challenges Goro. And Shang Tsung is even like, you sure? Because yeah. you're going to die. Yeah. You sure? And Johnny's like, I'm sure. And then this is like one of my favorite fights in the whole thing, even though it's not really a fight. So he challenges Goro and he gets his second power, which I guess isn't really a power, but it was a special button combination power. So that's why yeah. I'm counting it. He does the splits. And he punches Goro right in the gonads. Just boom, right there. Yep. Goro's face in that moment is just fantastic as he's spinning around. This four-armed giant. Two of his arms holding his crotch. The other two just flailing around. (laughs) Um, And Johnny runs. And he runs through a cave, so Goro has to follow him. Goro walks out onto a cliff. You hear Johnny give this great line. Because earlier Goro took his sunglasses and just... Well, right in the beginning of this yeah. fight. Takes him, just smashes him, throws him on the ground. You get this wonderful line of Johnny's like, those are $500 glasses, you asshole. And he just kicks him. And Goro stumbles over to the edge and he's holding on because he's falling. And Johnny just leans over and he's like, hey, this is the part where you fall down. And Goro slips and just plummets to his death. <laughs> what a great callback, right? Oh, so good. What'd you think of that? Um, I really enjoyed that whole sequence. My biggest problem was Goro just looking ridiculous for me. I, cu- I could not take him seriously, unfortunately. One of my major notes is Goro looks so good and so bad all at the same time. Yes. He looks realistic, but just ridiculous all at the well, same time. Well, because he was realistic. Like, he was a big animatronic puppet thing that yeah. people controlled. And so that realism's awesome. But it's 1995. Like, it doesn't look Yeah, the look prosthetics great. does not look good. Yeah. Like, they could have spent another week or so <laughs> making that have a little more detail in there. But um, I I love the fact that he outthought him. Yeah. It's a great Johnny moment of, like, Scorpion, he thought through the fight, but still somewhat got lucky. Mm-hmm. Goro's 100%. He's all in and knows how to win. Yeah. Proving how smart he actually is. He's not just some idiot actor, fake martial artist. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. It's a great moment. But while all that's happening, Shang Tsung kidnaps 
Sonya Blade. Because <gasps> you always have to have a damsel in distress moment. Well, because he also, when Johnny's challenging Goro, Shang Tsung tells him, hey, if you win, good job. But if you lose, I get to choose who I want to fight for the final Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. And then Shang Tsung just, just, he lied because Johnny won and he still just chooses Sonya and he's like, I'm going to go fight her. Follow me if you can. And then they disappear. <laughs> they down like this weird bubble tunnel. Yeah. Fast travel. Yeah. Live action fast travel. Not always good. No, no. So the guys are like, all right, we got to go save her. With the help of Katana, they start traveling through Outworld and... They're like in a real desolate area, broken down, dark, everything. It's a place they've never been to yet. And Reptile is following them. But Reptile's not person. Reptile's an actual like reptile chameleon looking thing who has the ability to go invisible. But somehow Liu Kang knows he's there. He can sense him. He senses him. And good God, it is the worst CGI I've ever seen in my life. Oh my God, it... <sighs> This takes me out of the movie every single time he was on screen because he has a moment before this where he was a stone creature that, like, comes to life. Uh, That's when we first see him, yeah. That, yeah. And it is just the most terrible CGI I have ever seen. And I've seen some pretty bad CGI, and this was just... Oof. You're not even, like an animated movie inside of a live action movie you're just yeah it was just weird oh yeah it's bad but it does lead to something really cool because Liu Kang grabs him and like kicks him and throws him and he lands inside of a broken statue mm -hmm. but takes over that statue and becomes a real ninja yeah who's then gonna fight Liu Kang and they have a badass fight it is it is pretty awesome it is like Top notch, not a lot of cuts, wide angles, really fighting, moves are cool. It geographically makes sense. I was gonna say, I think this is another one of those that really felt like the video game. Yes. Where it was like they let it go that side angle view for a good portion of the time and they just let them fight. Yeah. And it was so cool. And this is where Luke King gets his first special ability. Because he gets the gravity-defying bicycle kick, where he jumps up in the air, flies towards the person, and just kicks them like 15 times before coming back to the ground. Which is just insane. Yeah, but it also feels like very old-school kung fu movie. Oh yeah, wire work is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, fun little side note here, this fight wasn't in the original movie. In fact, this fight and the second half of the scorpion fight mm. in Hell weren't part of the original movie. These two were added in once the, the test audience said they wanted more fights. And who <laughs> choreographed these? Robin Shao, who played Liu Kang. And he used to be a Hong Kong stuntman working with like Jackie Chan and all that stuff on those movies. And he loved wire work, so he used it. Whereas in the rest of the fights, the choreographer didn't use it. So we got more grounded fights, but like, it's a video game. Give me some kind of those big, huge yeah. moves thing. And so that's why these, like, to me, they always felt disconnected. They were completely different style fights yeah. compared to the fights we were watching. Like, Kano versus Sonya Blade is a very just gritty, grounded fight. Yeah. Punch, punch, kick, kick, 
snap your neck. Yeah. Then Johnny Cage versus Scorpion all of a sudden is flying through the air, shadow kicks, teleporting to hell, spinning on a, a gymnastics bar to kick him in the face and like flip fights and felt different. And then the reptile one felt different. I was going to say, these were probably my favorite two fights oh, in the entire easily. movie. And now it kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you should have just had Robin just choreograph all of them. Yeah. Would have been awesome. Oh, yeah. But he fights him, beats him. They move on. They find Shang Tsung ready to go for final combat. Mm -hmm. And Sonya Blade is locked up in a cage. And Luke Kang's like, I'm going to fight you. And we go into the final fight. This is probably my third favorite fight. It's a long, drawn-out battle between Liu Kang and Shang Tsung. And it's good. Shang Tsung takes his whole coat off, and it's like, oh, you thought I was a 50-year-old man? Nope, I'm jacked to hell. Yeah. <laughs> and it's freaking awesome. And Shang Tsung, like, whoops the crap out of him at first. Yeah. And then, like, Liu sees visions of his brother and is like, hey, you can do this, man. <laughs> and he gets like that 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 power up, you know, that whole hero has to remember something meaningful and yeah. now they're ready to get back in the fight. Yep. And then he whoops Shang Tsung's butt. But mm -hmm. during their fight, they go up to a second level and Shang Tsung calls spikes up from the ground. <laughs> I don't I don't know why, but it's like in the shape of the dragon, the Mortal Kombat dragon that's yeah. on the ground, plastered yeah. on the ground. And it's freaking cool looking. You know, very cinematic and um, just very towards the video game where it's like, oh, some of this area of the field is now yeah. much more dangerous. Yeah, he hit the right button combination for a pit fatality. Yes. And it's awesome. So they go to the second level and it's always like, ooh, who's going to get knocked down? Who's going to get knocked down? And Shang Tsung's getting whooped and he gets pushed to the edge and Liu Kang powers up. Rah! And like dual hand punches him. But it is like the exact move from the video game. It's so mm -hmm. cool. And we see a little flash of, of red. And it's like, yeah. that's his that's his fireball. They didn't do it from a distance. He didn't like shoot it and it traveled. He like transferred it from his body into Shang Tsung's body. And I think that's a really cool interpretation of that move. Yeah. Instead of like standing 20 feet away and being like, Kamehameha and shooting a fireball. <laughs> he's like right up on him, makes contact and shoves this electricity, electricity fire into him. Yeah. Sends him flying into the spikes. Tournament over. Liu yep. Kang wins. What do you think of the fight? Uh, I liked it. It wasn't my favorite, but it was still really, really good. I know, I know you really liked the next part. Yeah. So Sang, Sang Shung is dead. Liu Kang wins. Yeah. Sang, Shang Tsung is a soul stealer. He he takes people's souls when they lose. So he's just full of them. Yeah. And what's one of the souls that he has? Lou's brother. Yep. And, and go ahead. They get to have a very cute moment there of being like, I knew you could do it. You did so good. Uh, and I will see you soon. Not soon, but like, I will see you later. Yeah. As the souls are escaping Sung's body, Lou's brother comes out and like approaches him. And they go into this little, like, talking world thing, and they have a whole yeah. conversation. He gets to be corporeal for, like, a two minute. minutes. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's a great moment of just, like, hey, brother, I know I failed, but I'm so glad you won, and I'm so proud of you, and 
don't worry, we'll see each other again for in like sixty years. There's no yeah. rush, but like we'll be together again. Don't don't be sad. Yeah, like really heartfelt for this dumb video game movie. Oh yeah, it was all about the action. What it's like a heartfelt ending. Oh yeah, I mean you kind of needed it though when it was like he killed your brother. Yeah, then so they win. They're leaving. And Raiden's like, ha ha ha, we did it. Ah, they can't, uh, they can't attack now. And all of a sudden, music hits, and you're like, oh no, something's coming. <laughs> and Shao Kahn, who's the big bad in the second game, is like in the sky as like a giant. Yeah. He's... And he's like, you fools, you thought you won, but I'm gonna basically invade anyway. And I love how all the fighters just get in a fighting stance, and they're like, bring it on. Yeah, even Raiden gets to be in a fighting stance at this point. Well, because it's not a tournament anymore. Raiden's not allowed to participate in the tournament, but he can participate outside of it. Yeah. And they all get to fight, and that's the scene we end on. Yeah. And it's it's a great, like, video game moment as well of just, like, they're all lined up, and it almost felt like a character select screen. <laughs> I was expecting it to just come up, and it's like, select character. <laughs> do, 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 do. Player one. Yeah. It's a great moment. Yeah. And that's it. That's the whole movie. All right. Questions? No, I asked my question. Uh, I have a couple nits. Okay. Um, they use the phrase flawless victory a few times in this movie. <laughs> and some of them do not work. So in the game, if you get that, to get that ending, flawless victory called out, is you cannot take a hit. You can't get any damage, right? Yep. And so there are a few instances where they say that, and it's true. The character hadn't taken any Sub-Zero damage. Sub-Zero killing the henchman by freezing him and exploding him. Flawless victory. Yeah. Goro versus... Art. Art. Flawless victory. Yeah. Goro versus Johnny Cage. Flawless victory. Yeah. And then... I don't... I think they say it five times throughout the movie and two technically aren't yeah um and i know the final one that you have a big problem with yes is which one is luke kang uh he's he physically says it yeah. after killing the other guy he's like flawless victory and it's like honey you you were getting your ass whooped but let me let me tell you I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fix this knit right here okay in the video game there's always two rounds and you can get a flawless victory both rounds or one or the other round mm-hmm so to me, that final fight was two rounds. The first round, Liu Kang gets whooped. Yeah. The second round, after he sees his brother, has that whole flashback, has everything, gets the power up, he doesn't get hit. Mm. And he beats Shang Tsung. So technically, his round two was a flawless victory. Now, that's video game rules. In the <laughs> real world, he definitely got hit. Yeah. But that might be why the writers thought they could add that in there. That's fair. Um, and my other knit is Raiden is a little too much of a jokester okay. in my mind. Um, he's supposed to be like this grand deity, but every time he comes, there's, and this could be like, it made me laugh, but he always had the like flash of lightning, the roll of thunder whenever he came. And then his immediate reaction was like to joke around. Yeah, but he has some really great serious moments as well. Mm -hmm. So like, was he a little too jokey? Maybe. But when it took, when it needed him to be serious, he got serious. It's fair. My thing, one of my nits is, so in the video games, Raiden isn't like 
immune to being a part of the tournament. Like, you could play as Raiden. Yeah. Raiden can be one of the CPUs you fight against. Like, he's part of the tower. He, Why is he sidelined in this movie? Whose no idea was idea. it to be like, you know what? He can't participate. What the? They did that in the most recent one, too. Yeah. Where they're just like, he he's the uh, head person, so you can't play him. Yeah, I, I don't like that. My other one is... How do the monks that Liu Kang used to be a part of know anything about Mortal Kombat? Nobody else seems to know about it. Yeah, I guess it's just because, number one, they they, um, worship Raiden. And I feel like they're the ones who kept that knowledge continuing. I don't know. It seems like they were able to prepare people for this fight when no one else could get prepared for this fight. And it just made very little sense. Very little sense. Um hot take i do have one yeah yeah this is a better mortal Kombat movie than 2021's well yeah it used actual people from the video game they didn't make up a character named cole and make us follow him and they actually had a tournament they, yeah they didn't just have a random fight <laughs> my hot take is Liu kang was probably the worst person to follow he's not that. he's not interesting to me um, his brother dying is interesting and him going for revenge, but that's very much just Sonya's story as well. Yeah. Kano killed my partner and I'm going for revenge. It, it's not a great story. He was never my favorite character in the games and I don't think he, he's a very bland character. I don't mm-hmm. think he was the best to follow. It's fair. I don't know who I would follow. I don't know either. But honestly. maybe add in somebody else. I don't know. Yeah. Awards time. Yeah. Let's do this. First up, we always go with our psycho shower scene. Your favorite scene from the entire movie. I'm going to I'm going to guess it's a fight. Yes. Which one is it? Johnny V Scorpion. Johnny V Scorpion. All right. I love this fight. I love how they get from place to place. All the nods that they bring in from the video games. It's just that is the fight I wanted to see in a Mortal Kombat movie. And you got it. And I got it. Too bad you watched the 2021 version first. Yeah. My psycho shower scene goes to a fight. Oh, which one? Not that one. <gasps> Mine goes to the reptile fight. Oh. <laughs> it's it's the longest fight yeah. of the movie. It's the most well choreographed. It's two martial artists being able to show off mm-hmm. that what they can do. Yeah, the wire work is great. The, the gravity defying bicycle kick is beautiful it is it done really well. off so well and it ends the fight which is cool too mm-hmm. like so much good stuff in there i love the part where he gets kicked and he jumps onto the spinning rock thingy and like comes around spins and kicks reptile in the face yep like there's just some comedy beats in there but also some very serious fighting yeah that's so it's by far my favorite fight in the whole movie next up is the life uh finds a way award for your favorite line in the entire movie i'll go first mine i i was i will still to this day it is one of my favorite lines in anything ever and it's just scorpions get over here it is so good and they went and got the actor who did the voice in the video game so that it would match it's so good it's used perfectly yep when he's fighting, it's the first thing he says, because I'm going to tell you, every time I played a scorpion, it's the first move I do. <laughs> if I am playing a scorpion, the minute it says fight, I'm hitting that button combination, which I think was forward, 
back forward back B and you could shoot that thing out. It was my first move every time. Remind me never to play Mortal Kombat with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know my first move if I'm Scorpion. Just jump. Okay. Just jump and, or block and you're good. But it's just such a great iconic moment. And then getting the actual line from the video game. Mwah, loved it. So good. Mine is Flawless Victory. Which one? More specifically, the uh, sub. Liu Kang one at the end? No. The <laughs> Sub Zero one right at the beginning, the first one we get because it is the precise Flawless Victory. Yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> we said so good like 18 times in this pod already. Um, another great line that was my runner up mm-hmm. is your soul is mine. Pretty much anything Shang Tsung says throughout the whole, <laughs> just chalk it up, put it on the board. It's going to be in the running for best line read. Cause dude was just magnificent. He was on point. Yep. He understood the assignment. Next up is the Han Shots Award for what you think held up the worst from the movie. The CGI. It has to be. Nothing in particular. Cause oh. some of the CGI was pretty good. Uh, lizards or not lizards. His name's Reptile. Reptile. It would look fantastic. Mwah. Like nothing stood out where I was like, that takes me out. Oh, that looks awful. Yep. Oh, my cousin could make, my 10 year old cousin could make that better. Like nothing stood out like mm-hmm. that until Reptile hit. And I was like, huh. Ooh. I think I drew him when I was four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Last award is the Paul Rudd Award for what holds up the best from this movie. I'll go first. Okay. It's Johnny Cage. <laughs> I, I it's johnny cage um he completely embodies the entire character Lyndon ashby like this was peak ashby I, I don't know if he ever got as big as he did doing that movie mm-hmm. and he wasn't in the second one oh well he is he just dies right away well now i don't yeah don't watch ever. the second don't watch the second okay one. just never watch the second one <laughs> ever there's no need um he's just like he's ripped right from the video game Especially having played every Mortal Kombat. Like, when I play a Mortal Kombat game in 2023 and Johnny Cage is on my thing, I just think of this guy. Yeah. I don't care who's voicing him, who's going. I just think of this character. So, yeah. For me, the Paul Rudd Award goes to the overall casting. They got so much of it just perfectly right. And what they didn't get right was just, like, the most minuscule thing that is more of a nitpick than anything else. Yeah. So I think they just hit. But, but who's the best? Oh, Johnny Cage. Who's second best? Uh, it's the bad guy. Yeah. Shang Tsung. Yeah. Who's the third best? Liu Kang. Ooh, Raiden. Who's the fourth <laughs> best? Raiden. Ooh, Liu Kang. Who's the fifth best? Um, Kano. Yeah. Who's the sixth best? Katana. Art. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. Who's the 27th best? <laughs> Dread, uh, dreadlock guy yeah <laughs> nah, he's he's higher than that uh, uh <laughs> yeah no they were they, fa- fantastic casting yeah like a plus it, it gave me the feel of the video game 100 oh, percent. those are the did. characters come to life yeah yeah all right final decision time all right go for it okay i went into this movie k- kind of in the same way that ebert went into this movie of I expected absolutely nothing from it. So I was pleasantly surprised when I got to watch it, and it was a lot of fun. I will actually say that this movie holds up. Dis- 
despite the CGI, which it was really close with that CGI, the fights are fun. They touched upon so much that makes that those video games great. And they did it justice in this movie. Uh, for those reasons, I think it holds up. All right. Uh, I think this might be, until we got Sonic, the Sonic movie, this might have been the best movie ever made based on a video game. And that's including Super Mario Brothers. That's including Lara Croft. That's including Hitman, uh, Resident Evil, everything. House yeah. of the Dead, DOA, Doom. This might still, to this day, be the best one. And if it's not the best, it's in the top three yeah. best video game movies of all time. It didn't make all that money for fun. Yeah. In 2022, it still wouldn't have been just outside the top 10 for fun. So if you are a fan of Mortal Kombat and you were disappointed in the 2021 version, this is the movie for you. Yeah. This is the video game you've wanted to see come to life forever. Somebody out there on Reddit or or wherever, YouTube, wherever, somebody make a updated CGI version of this, please. Like, take this exact movie and just fix the CGI and re-release it, and you'll still make all the money. Yeah. So, it's 100% this movie holds up. It, bump the soundtrack. If you're, listening to, <laughs> if you're listening to this pod right now, soon as we're done and you hear our music hit, just flip over, put on the soundtrack, bump that theme song. Heck yes. Do it. Because you know you're going to love it. You're going to be in your car and you should be like, yes, this is so good. And then you're going to go <laughs> home and watch the movie because this movie holds up. Yeah. It just does. Get out of here, reptile. <laughs> All right, guys. You know where you can find us over on YouTube or Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Click the link in the description on this podcast to find us. We put out new fun content all the time. We appreciate every single one of you listening. We wouldn't be here doing it without knowing you guys are out there. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoy this. But also come hit us up on Twitter and let us know what movies you guys want to see us cover. Or if you think Mortal Kombat does hold up. If it doesn't, I, we can still be friends. It's okay. It'll be a tight friendship, a little, a little I'll hard keep you at arm's time. length for a while until you prove yourself. But <laughs> no, it's all good. Everybody's got their own great opinions about this. In the meantime, all I ask every time, keep watching movies. Bye.